you're the youth pastor. You've got to do it all. You've got to be good on stage. You got to hype up this event. You got to teach the word. You got to disciple kids. You got to hang out with kids. Oh, and don't forget, you got to book the bus. You got to manage your budget. You have to keep that workflow going. Do people know what's going on? Are you communicating regularly? What's your website like? You know, there you have to learn the salt or no one will show up for the sugar. Right. It's like, well, we didn't know when you were meeting, so we couldn't be here. <laughs> Today, we're talking about four things that you need to start doing right away in your youth ministry. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where we bring you weekly tips and tactics to help you fast track the growth and health of your youth ministry. If we have never met before, my name is Jeff Lascola, and this is Kristen Lascola. And we're coming to you not necessarily live because this is recorded, but <gasps> during a hurricane in Southern California. I think it's been downgraded to a tropical storm. Yeah. First we hear time it outside, here, though. But it's <laughs> so far so good. Yeah. We're, we're here. Just a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind, not what they hyped it up to be, but that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Just to jump right into the content, though, today we're going to talk about four things that youth pastors should start doing immediately. So this would be like if you were a youth pastor and you said, Kristen, give me 45 minutes of your time. I'll buy you an ice soy matcha. And I want you wow, to- Wow, 45 minutes just for an ice soy matcha? That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and you would ask me, like, if, if you just had 45 minutes to tell me what I need to know as a yeah. youth pastor, the most important things that I've got to start doing for me to be successful, what would you say? So this is what I would say in our 45-minute quick conversation. If this was the only time I was going to see you, and you were just going to go off in the On world. your merry way. Yeah. And this was all I got to tell you, like my parting, <laughs> dying words. <laughs> it would be these four things. These are... I would honestly also chalk these four things up to my current success in youth ministry. Like why things are going well, it's because I'm doing these four things consistently. Mm. And so this is why I would tell you that. Okay, number one, I would tell you, you've got to create a system for weekly workflow. Mm. You have got to. So whatever, and it's hard to diagnose this because everybody works differently and is going to thrive an, under a different organizational grid, I guess, but you've got to figure out how am I going to successfully get work done each week? And that sounds like Okay, like getting work done, of course. Well, here's why. Because youth pastors, like, has a student ever come up to you and said, where do you work? And you're like, here. Like, you know, I know some of you are bivocational or maybe volunteer, yeah. but I'm a full-time youth pastor. So when they look at me and say, where do you work? And I'm like, you think I just turned on the lights and got going? Like this took some work to like well, you put live it all at, together. You live at church. I live at the but church. But where do you work <laughs> is what they're asking. Right. And so I think youth pastors sometimes can sort of slip into that mindset of like, well, as long as I'm good with kids, I'm good up in front. I like teaching. I'm good at it. And then the rest of the week is kind of, eh, mm. if I get things done, I get things done. But what we don't realize is the rest of the week, all that stuff that we're doing, 
nine to five or whatever your hours are, that is what gives us the infrastructure to be Mm. able to do the things we really love and are really good at. And I've talked about this maybe in a previous episode. I can't remember, but like the difference between the salt and the sugar of ministry and the sugar of ministry is the things that keep you coming back for more. Why you got into it in the first place. I love hanging out with students. I love preaching God's word. I love super hype events. I love running around with kids and playing dodgeball. I love doing life on life discipleship, whatever those things like that, just like, oh, I was made to do this. Well, youth pastors get addicted to that sugar. And then when they're just in the office, they're like, cool, now what do I do? (laughs) And they're not very organized. And I think it's almost become like this thing where you can be like, oh, I'm not very administratively gifted. Good thing I got so-and-so for that. But it's like- Hopefully you have so-and-so. Right, which you- I didn't have a so-and-so for a while, you know? (laughs) And administrative stuff, I might ruffle some feathers with this. I don't think you have to be gifted in it to be able to do it. Mm. I just think you have to be disciplined and I think you have to just learn it. So some admins maybe have a masters in in admin stuff. Mm -hmm. Most people just learn it and say, Hey, I could be your admin because I've taken the time to learn how this program works, how to input this, how to manage a budget, how to plan and book things and just do the organizational flow of stuff. So when I say the salt, the salt is like what actually keeps a ministry running. And that like has always bothered me that like sometimes pastors can appear successful because they're the ones on stage Mm. when they have someone behind them who's making sure the floor doesn't fall out from underneath them. And great, that could be a symbiotic relationship. Hey, we each have gifts and we're each running in our lane and all of that. My point is don't forget the person who's doing all the other things. Now, if you don't have a so-and-so, like we said, you're going to have to cover the salt and the sugar all by yourself, which is probably the case for most youth pastors. And most budgets for a church is like, you're the youth pastor. You've got to do it all. You've got to be good on stage. You got to hype up this event. You got to teach the word. You got to disciple kids. You got to hang out with kids. Oh, and don't forget, you got to book the bus. Mm. You got to manage your budget. You have to keep that workflow going. Do people know what's going on? Are you communicating regularly? What's your website like? <laughs> you know, there you have to learn the salt or no one will show up for the sugar. Right. It's like, well, we didn't know when you were meeting, so we couldn't be here. <laughs> so when I say you need to create a system for work or create a system for weekly workflow. Workly week. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Um, Basically what I'm saying is look at your week and bite things off piece by piece of what do I need to do? Here's a perfect example. So we have an all overnighter coming up. So I'm not going to plan it all in one day. So let's say Monday, let's contact all the transportation needs. Let's see if the buses are available Mm. the day that we want. Okay, great. Next day, let's contact the venues and see what their rates are and if they're fair rates and if they can accommodate our group, our size, and let's talk to venues. Third day, well, let's work on some permission slips and liability forms so that when I'm ready for signups, I have a form to give the kids. Thursday, 
let's figure out a cost. Oh, I'll take the cost of my transportation, the cost of the venues. I'll divide it by, oh, I'll probably bring what, 80 students. And I don't want my leaders to have to pay. Let's roll in the cost of them. Okay, 70 bucks per kid is probably going to work out. Next day, I want to promote this thing. Mm -hmm. Let's come up with a logo and a flyer and maybe the website if it's an online sign-up kind of thing. Basically, you've just done a whole event, but you've spread it out over a week. So that's a workly week flow. Now, you can do that for a lot of... Workly week flow. (laughs) Weekly workflow. Weekly workly weekly. It's hard. Workly week. Hey, silly! Goose. it's easy for you to say as you just sit there not having to do a tongue twister. I know, because I, I can't do the tongue twisters. <laughs> um, so like this could take on a lot of different forms too of, okay, well, this day I'm going to sermon prep. Then this day I'm going to write my curriculum. And then this day I'm going to send it out so that people have it. And so when you start to look through, um, I like to look at my calendar and say, well, what do I have to do this week? What do I want to get a jump on for next week? What little like things can I start plugging in for that? And here's the secret sauce. Not waiting till you sit down in your chair to do the brainstorming of, okay, now it's it's Monday morning. What should I do mm. Tuesday night? Tuesday night was decided for me in January. Like <laughs> I'm done. Now all I do is look, what game is scheduled for this Tuesday? Oh, we're playing Protect the President. Sweet. What do I need? Okay, I got my dodgeballs. Uh, I'll let Tech know so they can put on a cool song. Uh, We got our logo because we saved it from last time. Easy. Done. And so what I do is, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, is these bulk planning sessions. So I plan six months of games. And then I copy and paste it into the next six months. So January through June, here's my games. I thought you did quarterly. Do you do six months? So I do six, yeah, six month game rotation. Okay. Yeah. And then you plan out your series and you plan out your events. And so then when you work, you're taking out the, the brainstorm of like, oh, what should we do? What would be a fun event? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I already know what we do in November. We do this. And here's the thing. It took me a little while to get to this point because some of the events were trial and error. Like some of them sucked. And so I threw them out and I don't do them anymore. So over the years, I've collected my 12 best events to do all year round. Now I have one event per month, not including camps. And they're so highly rated by students and families that instead of like, well, let's do something different. I just make it better every Mm. time because students will be like, when's the next Clover Nighter? That was amazing. So if I were to say, nah, we're not doing that anymore, just because it's getting old for me doesn't mean it's getting old for them. But then I've had an event where like, nobody's asking me, when are we doing Where's Waldo again? So I'm like, (laughs) okay, we're not going to do Where's Waldo again. So I had thrown that one out and now we just fine tune what we're already really good at. So my year is basically like just on repeat, Mm. you know? And so when you have that stuff saved, it's just you take out so much time of just the brainstorm. So you plan your year ahead and then you plan your weeks according to that calendar. And I got the best compliment the other day from a mom of a new student and she had just started coming to our church and her son just started coming to our youth group. And she had called me, she had a question about something and she said, Hey, by the way, 
this is one smooth operation. She's like, I really appreciate your organization. She's like, I could tell from the outside. And this was a brand new family. So it meant even more yeah. to me because she doesn't know me. Like sometimes if people already know you and like you, they're like, you're doing great. Right. You know, she didn't know me. She's like, pickup is so smooth. Communication is so smooth. Every time I pick up my kid, I can tell you guys have everything together. You have security outside. I really appreciate that. Like she saw all the things that made this thing run smoothly. And so when youth pastors just get stuck on the sugar of like, Hey, people like me, I'll show up and I'll give a knockout message and hang out with kids. It's like, well, that you can't, how long can you just run on sugar before you die (laughs) you know what i mean so does that all make sense it does yeah okay all right number two they won't all be that long um (laughs) so this goes along with what i was saying before so i don't have to talk about this one for very long but if you and me were at the coffee shop and i'm like look at me when i say this never forget create a big picture of your year so that is a lifesaver for a youth pastor You have to have the big picture, not go week by week. So that goes for teaching. What series am I doing Mm. this month? Like, okay, so you figure you have, let's say 50 weeks in a year, because I'm sure there's a couple weeks that you're off, whether you're for camp or Christmas or whatever. So 50 weeks in a year, then you, what's, what's 50 divided by four? 13? Uh, It doesn't divide evenly. I know roughly. Yeah, 12, 13. Okay, so that could be 13 different four-week series. And so you just start plugging it in as well. I want to make sure we talk about the end times. I want to make sure we talk about uh, the biblical narrative of creation, fall, flood, redemption. I want to make sure we talk about Old Testament heroes like Mm. Moses, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I want to make sure we hit New Testament gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I want to make sure we hit a choices series, a relationship series. I want to make sure, I mean, just right there, I already named seven. You're Mm. like halfway done, right? (laughs) So you figure out what do you want to teach and when's the best time to do it. And then you put that on your calendar so that you're not sitting down again going, what should I teach? And it's like, oh, it's October. We're teaching on, that's my search and rescue series. That's our big outreach month. And we talk about evangelism as a lifestyle. Mm. I already know what I'm, I'm already know what I'm doing. We do the same thing with games on Sundays and Saturdays, weekend service games on Tuesday. What game am I playing? Oh, it's already scheduled right here. So you need that big scope for everything so that as you go, I've just noticed the quality increases so much when you're working on implementing and fine tuning rather than deciding Mm, and brainstorming so much time and precious energy. Once you've just brainstormed it, now you actually have to implement it. You're like already halfway exhausted. You know, it's like, well, if it were already decided and now it's time for implementation. And again, Sometimes I'll switch a game and I'll be like, why did I schedule that? Yeah. I don't feel like playing that. Mm. And well, I don't and care. I've, and I've heard or I've seen you do it too, mainly like based off of weather. Like, well, we were going to play this, but it's outside and it's going to be raining that day. So we're just going to do this. Right. But then you're only deciding the one game as opposed to 52 different, yes. time, you know, having and to make the call. I'm embarrassed to say how long it took me to figure that out <laughs> because literally it would be Tuesday and I'd be like, okay, what should I do? Yeah. And now I look back at that. I'm like, what was wrong with you? (laughs) Like all you had to do was sit down for like an hour 
like over Christmas break and right. figure all this out. And you would have been like, all right, here I go. Get in all my stuff together. And it would have been so much more organized. But I was literally like at the last like ding, ding, ding. Right. Ah, she finally did it. Like the bell was about to Dodge ring. Dodgeball again. Yeah. And I think that's why leaders default to easy or cheap or fly by the seat yeah. of their pants. Because it's like we panic at the last minute like right. we're frazzled like uh so this <laughs> i would like look at you and say you can't miss this all right number three i would say make sure you make relationships your one of your top priorities mm. so okay leaders is what i'm talking about mostly so leaders 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 they are the key to your ministry a hundred percent the quality the DNA, the culture, the vibe, everything hinges on the quality, consistency, and participation of your leaders yeah. and how healthy they are. And here is the kicker. The thing that makes them healthy is you. Mm. What do leaders want? How do you pay a volunteer? With you. That's what they want. They want you they want relationship with you. They want to be encouraged by you, seen by you. They want to spend time with you. They want to be discipled and mentored and loved and just known and cherished and treasured and yeah. all of those things by you. You cannot pawn that off to anyone. Right. So a lot of times I would have this thought in the back of my head, oh man, you know, I wonder if I could divide my leaders into guys and girls and give the guys to my male director and the girls to my female director. And it was their mm. job to kind of pour into them. And then I'm like, that will not work. It's me. They want me. There is something different about the person who's leading the ministry, leading them. Yeah. And that's how you pay a volunteer. And I feel like without leaders totally bought in and stoked and excited to be there and their good energy and vibes flowing out into like the students and the students catching on like people like being here. This is a fun place. This is exciting. People are friendly. People love me. It's all caught from you to them, from them to the student. Mm. That is how it works. It's like this trickle down effect. And I don't even say this to be like, so make sure they think you like them. <laughs> I freaking love hanging out with my volunteers. Mm. Like as often as I can, I am like, I love spending time with them. They become some of my closest friends. Yeah. We have so much fun together. Like we have a volleyball night coming up and we're calling it like dip fest. And I don't know, like everyone's just going to bring their favorite dip and we're going to play volleyball <laughs> this is just for leaders, though. just for leaders. Yes. Just for <laughs> leaders. Don't ruin a good time. Just kidding. Um, we're going to play volleyball for like two hours, eat dip. I'm, I mean, it's kind of a girl dinner. Like, have you seen those memes with the girl dinner? Just a bunch of snacks. And so it's like, we're just going to have so much fun. And I'm so looking forward to it. Last week, we went to one of their houses and just sat by the pool and we ate and we talked, we played spot it. We watched an old camp video mm. and it was just so fun. And it was just a couple hours casual. We didn't really spend any money or have to plan a big grandiose thing. It was just being together. And yeah. I think that's what gives our ministries the relational dimension. Like if it's just you pouring into students, your ministry is so one dimensional, mm. you know, but when it's all these incredible leaders and it's all these leadership angles and students are getting love from every angle. It's just like this wow 
thing. Right. Like it's something and everybody kind of brings of. their own flavor of just right by who they are and like what students they connect with. Like yes, it's very rare to have this one leader connects with every single student. You know, because there's always going to be some of those students that are just very different from everybody else. But it's like, but I have a leader who's kind of very different from everyone yes. else and they totally connect. And it's crazy how God will just like give you the mosaic you need yeah. to get it done. I I love a one to nine ratio. Mm. I think that's great. You could go lower than that. You could go to one to five. I think it's tricky to go too much like I, a one to 12 or one to 15 like now that's getting a little you know i would say the lowest i could would go would be a one to nine ratio leaders to students if you could do a one to seven even better so the more epic leaders the better your ministry will be do you mean that just across the board or like specifically small group like we only have nine kids in a small group so we have but I you have two mean, leaders in a small group. Yes, I'm not talking about small groups. Okay, just, I just in general, the rough average. General numbers, yep. Yeah. One to nine is the highest you should go. So, you know, you can do the math on that for what you have. And if you have leaders that are like, I want to serve, don't say I don't have a place for you. You find a place yeah. because that then they're ready to go when your ministry grows. You could give them another kind of responsibility. If they're quality people, if they're good people, don't let them get away. Right. Bring them in. Also, this the fact that, you know, people, life happens and it's like, well, I could serve for a season, but I just can't anymore. And you don't want to be like, if you only have two leaders and one of them has to leave for something, you just lost 50% of your, that's easy math. And then it, it, but if you have, you know, six leaders and you lose one, right? it's like, well, we can deal for a little bit until we replace that person. Right. You never want to be right there. Right. You know, because the what I've learned the hard way is like, great, I have enough leaders for everyone. Oh, you're going away to college. Shoot. Guess I better start looking. It's like, oh my gosh, it could be six months before right. you find someone to put in there. So if you pad that team a little bit or you're kind of always looking or, you know, it's like you never wait till you actually need someone yeah. to go find someone. Or that night that it's like, you're sick. You had to work late. Yes. We have what no are leaders. those nights? Yep. You know, those and, happen. And even when you have a big staff of 25, there'll still be those nights where you're like, only yep. 15 of them were here. Yeah. And but, you feel it. Yeah. So, and I, that goes back again. Your ministry is all the more leaders the better the ministry. Mm. I just believe that wholeheartedly. I don't, I think that's why it's not like, oh, well, we're full, pad it, bring them all. Bring as many, get them in, <laughs> you know, give them something to do. Don't make them just a warm body in the room. How but about one student for every nine leaders. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun. How are you? How are you? How was your day? We love you. Let's be friends. You know, the kids would be like, ah, too much love in this room. <laughs> All right. Well, fourth and finally, what I would tell you is, well, this one I'd more ask you is what is Jesus currently teaching you. Mm. Um, I think we constantly have to be students of Jesus himself and walking by the spirit because that is when our ministry becomes super rich. When we have something to give, something new to talk about, something that we're currently passionate about, not just things we learned. So here's what I know about this, this, and this. No, what is Jesus currently teaching you? Because Mm. I feel like whatever you're currently learning, that's what you're most passionate about. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're able to share effortlessly. And that's what you're able to imprint onto other people because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm reading this and this is what I learned. And I've never connected these dots before. You know, those kinds of things. We have to always be sitting at Jesus' feet, 
learning and walking by the spirit. That is what makes a youth pastor who is worth learning from and following. We can't become just stale in our relationship with him. Maybe you're highly educated, but you're just also sort of stale and where you're at and what you're learning fresh, Mm. you know. Um, That was a lot of information, but I'm going to give you a few steps or places to go now so you don't have to just say, well, now what do I do? We did an episode about how you're talking about games and how you can plan out your whole year of games in 30 minutes. So make sure you guys check out that episode and just a way that you can easily sit down for 30 minutes and plan an entire year worth of games. And also, uh, you had mentioned the Glover Nighter. If you guys do want to do a really cool event, but that is called the Glover Nighter. Go ahead and check out that episode too. And we'll link that in the description below. But right now we are going to do a question of the day. So figure we might as well go off of what's currently going on in our lives, which is a natural disaster. Yay. Um, but the question is, what natural disaster is the worst that you have been through? Probably the one we've been through together is wildfires yeah we live in southern california in a very dry area even though we're pretty close to the beach where we are is just dry right and then when it does rain a lot you're like yay we're not as dry but then (laughs) it does dry up more vegetation and it's like more to burn more to burn (laughs) uh yeah so we've been evacuated twice twice and the last evacuation i think that was 2018 pretty sure uh that one got pretty close to our house yeah so about a mile away yeah we were like getting our dogs and having to find hotels that took dogs or friends that would let us stay with our dogs Mm -hmm. and i was pregnant and we were just trying to yeah it was kind of a disaster so our house was fine natural disaster Oh my gosh. So that's my answer. What about you? Yeah, it would have to be the same. Um, just that, that was a scary time, you know, when, when you're leaving your home and you don't know if you don't know if you'll ever yeah. see that stuff again. And everyone's always like, you know, like what, what do you take in those moments? It's like, well, you take your financial documents and you take blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I feel like the answer is you take as much as you possibly can in the time that you have. Yeah. Because everything you look at, you're like, yeah, I would miss that. I wish we still had that. I need that. And then when you leave, you're still thinking of like, well, this is going to burn up. That's going to burn up. That's funny because I always thought like, take as little as possible. Who cares? It's all replaceable. (laughs) I don't care because everything's digital now. Take all your photos. Oh, you mean the ones on my phone and on my Facebook and Instagram? Well, you know, like, yeah. I, where's, where are the that's photos? Not as, yeah, that's know. not, well, we probably do have older ones that are on. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it's either like everything's important or nothing's important right. it is sort of how I felt. And then for the the people who have like lost a home in, in any natural disaster, I can only imagine just how often you'd probably go back and think, just randomly kind of think, oh yeah, that's gone too. You know, know, like things that you just, years later, it's like, oh, that was, that was in the garage and Obviously, it's gone. So, yeah. Wow, what a downer. All right. Seriously. Let's uh, put in the comments section below what is the worst natural disaster you have experienced. And hopefully, um, it wasn't that bad. So, this is. <laughs> you really <laughs> didn't know what to say right then, did it's you? It's kind of hard to segue into the community <laughs> comments of the day. Okay. <laughs> and that is 
that. And cut. <laughs> this is a community comment of the day. This comes from shoe underscore JK. I love some of the names on these. Are, this comes from our podcast channel. I love some of the names that are on there. Shoe. Just like, kidding. There's probably, <laughs> there's probably a reason behind it. And oh, I, is it like telling someone to get away? Like shoe. No, I mean, nah, just kidding. Spelled, I guess, yeah, the shoe is the same way either way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, shoe <laughs> underscore JK says, great content and ideas. I really appreciate the conversational style and how they bring a lot of practical experiences to the conversation. Well, you're welcome, you're welcome. shoe JK. We appreciate that. Hey, uh, if you guys would like to leave us a re- review, we would love to read a review on, oh. I was going to say it again, on the air. 1920s radio. You're live. I'll with the never ministry coach. not say that. I don't know why. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. <laughs> if you guys would like to leave Drink your oval team. <laughs> we would love to receive it and to read it uh, on the podcast. So anyways, thank <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> thank you guys for watching and listening. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. time. Today, we're talking about four things in youth ministry that you... We're talking about four things you need to start doing right away as a youth pastor in youth. Hey, youth pastors, we're talking today. For every week, we bring you weekly. No, that's not it. We bring you. Why can't I say it? Well, where we bring you weekly tips.